life is so short. Like, why are you not just like wearing the outfit and being the best version of yourself? If we don't show up as that self that we want to be every single day, who are we? We're leading a double life. We might as well be Jennifer Garner from Alias. It's Jillian, and this is my podcast all about nutrition, entrepreneurship, and motherhood. If you're ready, open, and dedicated to making daily habit changes that will help you have it all, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back to It's Jillian, a podcast about taking the stress of nutrition and meal planning off your to-do list so you can focus on thriving in all the other important areas of your life, from what to eat to what to wear, reducing mom guilt, and even relationships. I'm Jillian, your host and the owner of the What's For Dinner Club. I'm offering my podcast listeners one month free of my What's For Dinner Club membership with special code podcast. Just head on over to whatsfordinnerclub.com, sign up and use that promo code podcast and you'll get a whole month for free. Every week you'll get a tax with a grocery list along with four easy, healthy dinner recipes. I'm talking convenient. Each recipe is between 20 and 30 minutes, so it's not a lot of your time. Because we all know we are super busy, and even though nutrition is important to us, it needs to fit into our schedule. Today, I'm speaking with Risa Costas, a style coach who helps women build their confidence through coaching women how to dress. She is one of Arizona's leading stylists and has been featured in Huffington Post, the E! Channel, Authority Magazine, and in the pages of Scottsdale Modern Luxury. Risa is one of my really good friends. I've been working with her for the past year and a half, and I have to tell you how much confidence it has given me just when I feel good in what I'm wearing. She never does 100%. It's always 1,000%. And I think in this podcast, you will see how much energy and pizzazz she has. You will love listening to her. Risa and I talked about navigating the styling and fashion world, her company's famous rescue kit, and closet organization fun. Plus, I asked for a few of her favorite places to shop, even for budget-friendly things, because I'm all about saving a penny or two, so you'll love to hear some of her tips and tricks. I love hearing Risa's history. She has really done it all, everything from wedding planning to working with top brands like Vogue. You can work with Risa. She does virtual styling, and then she even has an amazing tool called the Emergency Rescue Kit. This kit has everything you need for every fashion emergency. I have mine. I love when I travel with it to get stains out or if like a button pops off. It's also the most amazing gift to give to someone, whether it's their wedding day or just to have in their closet for any time something comes up that's a fashion emergency. You can find Risa on Instagram at Risa Costas and the Emergency Rescue Kit at The Rescue Kit Co. I am so excited to share our conversation with you. So let's get into this interview with Risa. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It's Jillian podcast. I am so thrilled to have our guest here today. Not only is she a really good friend of mine, she's also an amazing stylist, a creator, co-founder of The Rescue Kit, and the ultimate female cheerleader. I mean, I'm telling you guys, she has cheered me on from behind the camera, from in my closet, everywhere. And so you're going to love her energy here being my stylist. And we've even like worked together on set for different videos and things like that too. So she is just a host of information, so much talent. Risa, thank you so much for being here with me. 
What an intro. Thank you. I'm so excited for you to have your very own podcast. I know. I've been talking to you about this for so long. That's one thing that we have in common is over the last year or so, you've been working with me on all my style and doing, give me stuff for videos and all that stuff. So you've heard all of my dreams, hopes, wishes, challenges too. So you know, this is something that's been on my list for a really long time. Yeah, I've heard them and I've seen you put them into action. So I'm so proud of you for all the growth that you've had just in the short time that I've known you. I'm so impressed by you and inspired by you. So I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, See, this is what I'm talking about, guys. It just is like this (laughs) ongoing love relationship between the two of us. (laughs) Okay, let's start off. I think just like give everyone just a brief background. If no one has ever met you, how would you introduce yourself and just what you focus on with your business too? My name is Risa Costas. I am a wardrobe stylist and personal shopper. I am just a constant entrepreneur. I'm always thinking of ideas and, you know, just always generating new visions. I'm also the co-founder and CEO of the Rescue Kit Company, which is a company that creates fashion emergency kits for brides and beyond in your closet and all the things. Our main focus is brides, but we love to provide for everyone. And just a consultant through and through. I do a lot of brand consulting for people. People come to me for leadership advice and And I've kind of got this crazy background of like PR, events, fashion, from manufacturing to production to wholesale to trade shows. I mean, you name it. I've done everything there is to do in the fashion industry, retail, everything, like you name it. And I sort of took all of that experience from the early days of being a hairdresser, believe it or not, way back in the day, like 2001, doing hair and makeup for weddings and just kind of put it into this like full service company, Restyle Consulting, which I'm rebranding to just Risa Costas. You'll start to I see saw that. that. Happening. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. I just figured it was time to create a brand under my name and everything has changed so much. I mean, with COVID and everything that has happened over the last couple of years, like everybody else, I have sort of started to blossom a little bit and figure out where I need to be serving people. And it's not just in my products. It's not just in what I do in the styling world, but it's really in a leadership role. So I'm doing a lot of that right now too. I love that. I've been seeing that and seeing you really invest yourself in learning from other mentorships and things like that, because I think that's like, you're a great leader and you're a great mentor. You cheer people on, like I said. So I feel like that would be such a great strength to start to share with people. But let's just go back a little bit into this. I want to talk about just a little bit the styling side of yourself. How did you get into that? Because like you said, you have so much background in events and being a hairstylist also have taken your hair tips. Love the dry <laughs> shampoo that you recommended and the texture spray. Still use it to this day. But like, how did you like dive into this focus? Because it sounds like, are you a manifesting generator from human yes. design? Okay, me too. So like we have a million talents, right? We have all these things. And so what really led you down this road of starting with the style fashion side? Style was completely by accident. And I just think that sometimes you're born with a gift that you don't even know you can turn into a career, right? So like I started in the fashion industry, I would say, when I was into costuming from being in theater at a young age. My mom was a seamstress and used to create my clothes and leave them on my bed for me to wear in the morning. So my love of wanting something unique and different and wanting to choose what I wore started so early. I mean, I used to padlock my closet so my sisters wouldn't like (laughs) steal my stuff. That's a true story. I like trotted myself down to the hardware store and said, 
put this on my dad's account and came home with a screwdriver. I must have been like 10 or 11 years old and literally put a padlock on my closet. My mom was so mad at me, but it was just this like feeling that I had from a young age. Like not only did I want to dress myself, but I wanted to give other people advice and everything I was learning from like curling my bangs to, you know, putting outfits together. I wanted to share it with people and that continued and continued. And after going through a car accident in high school, I went off to college and ended up leaving school. And it's a part of my journey now that I don't like to focus too much on this car accident, but I like to focus on what it did for me, right? Mm -hmm. I like to focus on the fact that like, because of that, I wanted to go down the path of doing hair and makeup for people because I wanted people to feel beautiful. I wanted them to know that they can be beautiful on the inside and that will emulate on the outside. It was always for me, just like taking care of people and using this love of like sharing my talent to help other people feel good. So that was really like how it all started. I realized after my accident, like I have to put makeup on. I have to cover this scar that I have on my Mm -hmm. cheek. I want to use this talent to share with people and teach them how to take care of themselves on the outside, but also to like allow them to feel and be and let them know that, you know, okay, yeah, we can cover our scars up on the outside, but I'm here to champion you. I'm here to hold your hand. I have a gift of, like you said, lifting other people up. Nothing brings me more joy. So I ended up leaving school and going to cosmetology school. And that was what put me on the path to, I guess, like most resistance because Uh everybody else was finishing (laughs) school. And I was just like, okay, well, I have to take my talents and I have to implement them. I'm not going to go off to school and get a four-year degree right now. I'm about to go through the school of life. And I had to learn very quickly in a different way than other people, but I needed to put my talents to use because I wasn't going to have that piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So from an early stage, I think, you know, not everybody knows what their talents are at that age, 18, 19 years old, and they don't necessarily implement them. They're going through school or, you know, they're going to college and they're getting their four-year degree, but they're not really digging into that creative side. They're not having to go through something and then learn how to use it for good. I was doing that. So while everybody else was figuring out if they wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it was, I was really going through life and really figuring out how I was going to show up. And I went to cosmetology school in Boston and a girlfriend of mine was like, hey, will you do my hair and makeup for my wedding? And she got married really young. And I was like, do you trust me to do that? Really? She's like, yeah, (laughs) you know, you can do it. I've seen you do people's hair. And without any formal training in updos and makeup, I sort of just taught myself. I think we did like three or four trials. I did it. I pulled it off. I did hers and her maid of honor. And I realized not only do I have a talent, but I know how to dig deep and make it work. Like there is no stopping me. Like if I can do, that's a lot of pressure, first Mm -hmm. of all. Yeah. Someone's wedding day. That's like the biggest day of their lives. (laughs) Yes. But I realized like, this is something more. This is not just like, oh, I did hair and makeup good for me. It was like, I had to dig really deep and I had to prove myself. And it was the beginning of this like entrepreneurial spirit, Mm. right? I think I've just started realizing that. What did that show me? It showed me that I'm a self-starter. It showed me that nothing is going to stand in my way. I don't care if it takes me three to four tries and I am good at this. I can handle pressure 
and I can show up for somebody on their biggest day. And it was like this like light bulb moment where I realized I have to continue to do this. So oddly enough, I packed up and moved across the country to San Francisco and fell completely into the fashion industry. I met a handbag and shoe designer and she took me under her wing, took me all over the world. I learned everything there was to know about small business, starting an e-commerce site, doing trade shows all over the world, like Paris, Las Vegas, New York, Barcelona, Berlin, Germany. And I traveled and learned and soaked it all in. And I've never worked so hard in my entire life to prove myself. Mm -hmm. But I got a taste of what it was like to be in a small business and learn the fashion industry inside and out. And I was dealing with buyers from like Bloomingdale's and Neiman Marcus and having conversations with people that I had no idea how to navigate. But I completely did it on my own and I completely immersed myself in the process and I really had to fake it in a lot of instances, but I was a little sponge and I soaked it all up and learned that fashion is a calling for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's evolved over the years. I mean, I, I, after that moved to New York city and did in-house PR for a women's clothing line. So I learned about manufacturing stateside and I learned about how to sit at an editor desk side meeting with people like Meredith Mellingberg from Vogue magazine and oh pretend that I knew what I was doing. And I got us placements in huge outlets and, and publications like Women's Wear Daily and Lucky Magazine and InStyle Magazine and Vogue. And I mean, it was just this like crazy wild ride of like, you have a choice. You can either crawl in a hole and cower, or you can just show up and push so hard and just show people that you deserve a seat at the table in this industry. So I did that for about a year and a half. And that was a wild ride. And the economy tanked. We're looking at about 2008 to 2010 while I was in New York. And I decided it was time to go and get my degree. I think it was something I felt like I needed mm -hmm. in order to pursue a career as a true entrepreneur and start my own business. I love that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like your journey, like just to speak to your, obviously your grit, I mean, pushing through some of that stuff and putting yourself in some of those really challenging situations where a lot of people would be super scared. I mean, hearing some of those, I'm like, all I can think of is devil verse Prada. That's what it's going through my head. Of like that's what it was. <laughs> oh, girl. These types of people. <laughs> Just wait for the book. Just wait for the book. <laughs> but I can definitely say that that perseverance and that dedication I have seen from you just working with you as my stylist where I like fashion I like to look good and feel good but you showed me this new side of it's not that simple it's like it can really actually change who you are I mean in the last year I worked with you I think people just said you're showing up differently just by what you're wearing and working with you and getting that inspiration and realizing how what you're wearing changes how you carry yourself how you talk who you connect with so it, it that grit that you had I've seen it really bleed into your service as a stylist that I've worked with. Thank you. That means so much to me. I care so deeply when somebody comes to me and hires me, or even if they just need something, I care so deeply about their end result. And I care about sharing everything that I have worked so hard for, but that I've realized in myself, like I care about delivering that to people. Nothing makes me happier than seeing somebody stand up a little bit taller or feel good in something that they're wearing or show up differently if they do have to be on set or on camera. The transition that I see from when I start with people to when I finish with them or, you know, just seeing them from the first time that I meet them to doing their first TV spot or whatever it is, 
And the text messages that I get and the emails that I get from people saying like, I could not have done this without you. I feel so much better. I feel like I have the confidence to wear whatever I want now because I also give people permission to show up how they want. Who cares? There's no rules. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, I'm not a regular stylist. I'm a cool stylist. You're definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and sometimes I don't even like to use the word stylist because I'm so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like your wardrobe life coach. I it's a pep talk. You get Ooh, like, I love get, that wardrobe life coach. I think you need to trademark that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure somebody already has, but you know, when you get me, you get like, you get pep talks, you get like follow-up text messages telling you how great you were. You're, it's not just like a one and done. I don't just take people shopping and send them on their merry way. It's like, you're, I'm so committed to you. Like I am in your inbox. I am in your ear. Mm-hmm. You think about me when you get dressed. You think about me when you show up for an event. You think, what would Risa buy? What would Risa do? Oh my like, gosh, I'm, you're right. This, today, I was like, what am I going to wear on this podcast recording? Because <laughs> Risa's going to be on it. <laughs> and if the audience only knew how much I really don't care. No, I do. I care. But like, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you're doing it for you, right? right? Like, when I say that, I mean... I don't always get dressed up. Like, don't kid yourself. There is minimal effort sometimes. Uh, For me, it's like the JLo quote from the wedding planner, like, those who don't wed, plan. (laughs) I'm literally, I am so chill in my everyday life. But when I am showing up for something like this, like I show up, I'm Mm -hmm. there all the way. Like you can be relaxed at home, but when I go out somewhere, I show up. I show up because it makes me a better person. I show up because I care about going out into the world and putting my best foot forward. And I know I'm capable of really big things. So I'm doing myself a disservice if I go out into the public world or the public eye and I don't show up as the best version of myself. But we're all allowed to be like chill and down and just like dressed down mm-hmm. for ourselves whenever we want to. Like we're allowed to do that. We should do that. But I really do care like about my people and the people that I serve, everybody that I serve, like having the confidence when they want to get dressed up like that, full permission, go full throttle, mm-hmm. you're all in. So that's something that I feel like I personally, like sometimes I remember the first time, I mean, I'm a lipstick gal now, but I remember the first time wearing lipstick, feeling like I was too much or like even like going to like the office or work, like I'm too stylish. I should just wear like the black pants, like everybody else, right? Like sometimes I feel like I've made a lot of progress in working with you. But when I look back, there were times where I wanted to wear something, not that it was inappropriate or anything, but I just thought, what other people would think that I was being like too much or like showing off or like trying to stand out too much. Like what advice would you give to someone that wants to like step into this more fashionable, you know, side of themselves, but they feel judgment from other people that they're going to think, oh my gosh, like, what is she doing? Why isn't she just wearing her normal clothes? (laughs) That's a great question. That's one of the biggest things that comes up when I do start with people. They're like, I need the permission, right? Mm -hmm. One of my biggest bits of advice is always to cut the noise. Cut that noise. You're getting dressed for you. There are times when I say like, oh, you're dressing for for the for the guys, for the girls, whatever. If date night looks a little bit different Mm -hmm. than, you know, school pickup. Okay, yeah, I get that. But for those people who are looking for the permission to just step into who they are, nobody should be in your way. You are in your way of not allowing yourself to just be that person. What kind of confidence are you going to have going into a a professional meeting or a meeting with people 
where you talked yourself out of what you actually wanted to wear. So now you're wearing something that you think other people want you to wear and you have to go and present or you have to show up as the best version of yourself. And you've already had this like moment at home where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm not good enough. I guess I'm just going to wear this. That sets the tone for the rest of your day. That Mm, sets the tone for the energy that people pick up from you. I know that like if I'm showing up in a room in something that I didn't really want to wear, I am so small. Mm -hmm. My shoulders are not up high. My head isn't held high. I don't really know that I want to be in that room. I'm probably not even ordering the coffee that I want. I'm probably getting what like the person in front of me ordered (laughs) because that seems easy, right? Like I'm thinking about going to like a coffee meeting with somebody and already what I've done is I've knocked myself down like four or five notches. Now take yourself back, rewind back to your bedroom or your closet, wherever you're getting dressed. And now choose the outfit that you really wanted to wear. Mm -hmm. What does the tone for your day look like? It's completely different. You're going to have more opportunity. You're going to order the orange mocha frappuccino, (laughs) you know, whatever it is that you want. You're going to present better. You're going to have better thoughts. You are showing up as the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. The minute you start knocking things off of that best version checklist, you're setting yourself up for failure. I love so, that. Okay, I'm gonna wear my cute hat this weekend in California. That you got, we got. It was a Forever 21 hat, and I've only worn it to like do a reel. But I'm gonna wear it out in public. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and what do I always say? You can attest to this as a client. What do I always say? Wear this. Trust me, mm-hmm. and I bet you get three compliments today. How many times has that come always. true for you? Always, literally every single time. (laughs) But when you wear the boring outfit that you've worn 50 times or just the plain black pants, which black pants can be fab, but like when you wear those outfits, you're not seen in the room. You are not the Jillian that everybody knows you to be. But when you wear the outfit that feels like a risk or when you put on lipstick that day and you get three compliments, you're getting noticed. You're getting a confidence boost and you are showing up exactly who you are supposed to show up as that day. Don't do everybody else and yourself a disservice by not showing up as a person. Life is so short. Like, why are you not just like wearing the outfit and being the best version of yourself? If we don't show up as that self that we want to be every single day, who are we? We're leading a double life. We might as well be Jennifer Garner from Alias. You know, (laughs) like look look who she turns into through costume and wigs and lipstick. Like, I want to be her when she's going on a mission. I love that analogy. But you know, and I will say, first of all, now everyone can see why you're the life coach stylist because they just got a pep talk to everybody. (laughs) And sometimes I think people think, well, if I'm going to do this, like I have to spend a bunch of money on clothes. And I've learned working with you, it doesn't have to be that way. Honestly, a lot of the clothes that we've got, I have fallen in love with Zara Target has great options. We, is that Zara top that you're wearing? Okay, perfect. So is mine. (laughs) But, you know, like, or even the thrift shops, like you have found some amazing finds for me at these different places. Yeah. Oh, necklaces. Are are those ones? All of them. They're so Every single one I'm wearing all vintage that has been sourced. Oh my gosh. And if you guys can't see this, if you're just listening in, it's super sparkly. It looks like I would say thousands of dollars. It looks like there's diamonds, there's gold, super layered and cute and stylish. And I, I'm like thinking I would never put all that together, but it looks so good together. See, that's like the inspiration that I think a lot of times people just need to like throw it all together and just go out the door and be okay with it. (laughs) 
It's the permission too. It's like, you know what? This is what I want to wear. I do that to myself all the time. I'm like, do I want to wear this? Mm -hmm. I'm wearing it. And every time I choose that direction, I get stopped by somebody or they're like, wait, I would never think to put that together. And it, it, you know, that's what I'm here for. Like, I'm here to guide you, like give you permission, but like also show you what's available to you. Cause a lot of people just don't know, but you've got to be able to allow yourself the way that you allow yourself to eat a special treat. That's mm-hmm. your world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep the way that you allow yourself to do that or the way that you allow yourself time off, why should fashion be any different? Why shouldn't you allow yourself to wear what you want to wear? Life is too short. I'm here for that. Okay. So, and also I would say if if anyone's like, okay, I'm ready to like do some fun, cute outfits, just go check out Risa's Instagram, go follow her. And honestly, I get so much inspo just from her stories and seeing what she's wearing. I'm like, okay, I I think I have clothes that would fit this look today. So... (laughs) I'm going to do something. Not right now with a pregnant belly. Right now I have a pregnant belly. So a lot of clothes, I'm just trying to like make it through the summer and not have to like buy maternity clothes. So they're not the best, but I'm so excited to have my closet back soon. You will. (laughs) going to be here and I cannot wait. All right, let's change gears a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the rescue kit because- I mean, fabulous idea. I've told you, if you ever need female investors, I'm here for you because I think it's such an amazing idea. So can you just, I know you spoke a little bit, a little bit about it at the beginning, but what is it? And I'd love to just kind of hear your process of developing this. Like, where did the idea even come from? Yeah, so this was the most fun. So here, let's go way back to 2007. I was sitting in my San Francisco little bungalow with my neighbors. And I started just like sketching something. I was getting ready to move to New York. And I was like, you know, I just see myself having a one-stop shop wedding company one day. And at first the vision was floors of like everything that you would need, all the vendors in one big building. So like florist is on level two. And then you, when you're ready to talk photography and videography, everyone's got little like work co-working spaces and mm-hmm. you can go around and have meetings. You can kill all your stones or all your birds with one stone in this building. That was what it was like originally. But I came up with the name of Restyle Consulting way back then. Anyway, cut to now. I knew, I always knew I would do something in weddings. I started singing in weddings when I was 10. I've been the maid of honor like seven times. I've been in about 15 (laughs) weddings. I've been a wedding planner, believe it or not. (laughs) Planned weddings here at like some of the most like exclusive venues. I don't know. You know, your talent list just keeps growing. I didn't know the singing side. So we'll have to get a little rendition later. (laughs) Oh yeah. They're, oh yeah. Yeah. Not on this podcast. Sorry for another time. But yeah, there's just, I've been around weddings forever and I just love something about that finished look. And it, you know, I talked about doing hair and makeup for that one wedding. So I knew I would end up in the wedding industry somehow. So when I started my business, Restyle Consulting in 2014, I started you know, first doing some wedding planning to get an idea of the process, because I am a full believer that when you want to start a business, that you have to know every facet of that business inside and out. So I knew I wanted to do bridal styling. So what did I do? I went and learned how to be a wedding planner. I started my own little company. I just kind of did it. I told people this, I do event planning. I'll do this for you. I built a team. And this is all like within the Restyle branch, but I knew that it needed to be something that I learned inside and out because you can't be an effective bridal stylist if you don't know how the planning process works and how to work with the teams around you. And the wedding planner is really the quarterback of the entire wedding. So I knew I needed to immerse myself in that. So I started styling brides and planning their weddings. And what I realized was 
disasters were happening. Straps were breaking, Mm -hmm. dresses were ripping, stains were happening, tears were flowing, and blisters blisters (laughs) were happening because people don't know how to properly break in their shoes. So I started doing research and development in this industry really early on in my career. And I started to realize like, hey, there's a missing piece to this puzzle. Number one, I need to build a kit that has the most unexpected things. And you know, as a client of mine and anyone who's worked with me or knows what what we do as wardrobe stylists, we don't leave home without our kits. Like if I don't have my kit, it's I might as well just not have my right arm <laughs> because it's everything that you can think of that we could possibly need to solve a problem or make sure that we can wear the clothing that we have from clothing clips to double stick tape, to a lint roller, to a steamer, all of the essentials that are basically my toolbox Mm -hmm. when I'm styling. So I started building a kit that had things like glue dots and gaffer's tape and crazy things like white chalk and, and just bizarre items that people wouldn't know that they were needed, but they were so essential to getting through the day. So when I started solving real problems for brides, some wheels started turning and it wasn't until about four years ago that I had a bride in 105 degree heat. I wasn't even supposed to be at that wedding. I was really starting to push this leg of my company called the Bride's Best Friend Service. And a girlfriend of mine who's a photographer said, hey, do you want some pictures for your portfolio? come work this wedding with me. I'll offer you for free to the bride Mm -hmm. and you can just be her bridal stylist for the day. And I do this service called attention to detail styling within the bride's best friend service. Basically everything I would do on set for you as a client or anyone else for a photo shoot or a video shoot, making sure hairs are in place, making sure that everything is perfect for the camera. I offer that to my brides and I'm really like a lady in waiting for them all day. I'm holding their train. I'm holding their bouquet. I'm holding their cocktail if they need it. I'm fixing bow ties, kind of everything that they would need just to make sure that they know that the pictures and the video are going to be flawless because that's the lasting memory that they have of their wedding day. And the other thing is, is like, you know me, I just want to take care of people. So this is the feel good service that I felt like needed to be in my service offerings. Because it just, I leave weddings and I'm like on an emotional high from Mm -hmm. how much I was able to serve somebody. It just like makes me so happy. I can't even go to bed those nights. So anyway, I was with this bride, 105 degree weather, and I was the last one to leave the hotel room because somebody always forgets the hotel key and then they can't get back to their stuff. So I was Mm -hmm. grabbing that (laughs) and bridesmaids came running down the hall and said, we need you. And I thought, oh dear, you've only only taken about 50 steps. What happened? (laughs) And it's the one minute that I'm not with the bride holding her train that disasters can happen. Somebody stepped on the back of her train and completely broke her zipper and ripped her dress. And we're (gasps) talking tool and lace and ribbon. And I mean, we had every sort of fabric imaginable on this dress where the zipper connected and the bride came back down the hall and full tears. And it was so scary for me because it was really the first time that I had to pull every tool out of my toolbox. And this, she was walking down for first look. So like they hadn't even done any footage other than a few getting ready pictures. And I just was like, okay, I need to think really fast. Like I had some pre-threaded needles in my kit, 
but they had been used for another event and they were a mess. They were not organized at all. Started taking out some safety pins. I was up underneath her dress. I like poked my finger. She doesn't know this. I hope she doesn't listen. I poked my finger with a needle and bled on the inside of her dress. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That I needed stain remover. I mean, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. Kelsey, I'm sorry. Um, No, I don't think she cares. She like bows down after everything that happened. So I ended up safety pinning her in, super gluing where her zipper and the lace met, got her through first look. And I called down to the front desk. We were at Mountain Shadows who full circle moment is now a client of the rescue kit and carries their kits and gives them to all of their brides, which is so beautiful and amazing because it's the first Arizona venue to do so. So I feel like that was a full circle moment, but I called down to the front desk. They luckily had some pre-threaded needles for me. And after first look, we went into a room before she walked down the aisle and I sewed her in to perfection. And I had to call my mom, which is a funny story. My mom is an incredible seamstress and made my sister's gown from scratch. I had to call her. She was walking into a Broadway show in New York City. I'll never forget it. And I was like, she's like, Risa, what? What do you need? I said, I'm walking into a show, you know, frantic. And I'm like, sorry, but I need to learn how to thread a needle or uh, how to like sew somebody into her dress right now. The needle is already threaded, but like, what do I do? Like, how do I make sure that the stitch holds? Like, I'm freaking out. She's like, okay, you know what? Just do it. If anyone can do it, it's you. (laughs) And she just, you know, if you met my mom, you know, she's so spastic, but she was right. And she gave me the confidence and I just crisscrossed and tied knots. Oh gosh. I tell you, nobody was the wiser. I did super glue it just to make sure it held. And I did hear at the end of the night, it took three people to get her out of her dress. I think they had to cut her out, but it was flawless. And it was the moment where I knew that these things are happening. People are experiencing wardrobe disasters on the biggest days of their lives, whether it's walking down the aisle or taking the stage to give a speech. I know these things are happening and I want to be the one to solve the problems. I can't be in the room with everybody at every moment in time. There's only one me and there's millions of events that happen. There's going to be about two and a half million weddings that happen this year, but I know I can create something that I can bring to market. And that's how the rescue kit was born. I love it. And you know, I fan of the rescue kit. I, those stain removers and the double stick tape, I have used a million times. I needed it actually. I was so glad I brought it with me when I did a satellite media tour for TV and the shirt that I had, it just, when they put the mic on it, it would just, it was too heavy. So that's something that I didn't know until I was at the studio. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have like cleavage and this shirt. So I like double stick taped everything and it was perfect. But I, I would not have had a solution if I didn't have that. So I think, yeah, I have definitely been a receiver of the benefits of the rescue kit. So whether it's wedding day or any day, really, whether you're just wearing a cute dress or one that you're going out to a date night or something like that, and just having those tools there is so, so important. So I've loved, loved having it. How can people get their hands on it? If they're like, okay, I want this styling kit, or I know this is actually the perfect gift to give to people as well. So how do we get our hands on it? Yeah, so you can always head to the website and we'll create a special code for your listeners if you'd like. Yeah, let's do it. It's the rescuekitco.com. And we actually have a brand new kit. You really helped inspire this kit just through the work I've done with you called the photo shoot kit. 
So it's 19 items that I think are the heaviest hitters that you would need on your photo shoot day and your video shoot day. It's great for speakers who are taking the stage, anyone who's sort of in the media spotlight. And we actually have developed our own super strength rescue tape, which is now rescue kit brand tested by me. It's even stickier and stronger than the tape that you've been using. So I'll have to get some of that to you as well. Amazing. Awesome. You guys, I have loved it. And again, best gift item. I think people will love to have all those little things. I loved opening it and there's just so many fun little things like, oh, I could use it for this. I could use it for this. So, so great to have. We've talked about a lot about your businesses. And I think after everyone has heard your journey, you have a lot of avenues of business. So I'm curious, how do you manage this? And I know before we jumped on here, we talked a little bit about some evolution that you personally have. And I think that's one of the biggest things as entrepreneurs is you have to be okay with change and let go of some things and focus on new things that are inspiring you. So just what advice would you have to someone that's like us, who is constantly coming up with new ideas and wants to do so much, but then they don't want that burnout? Because I know you've had phases of your life where you experienced that too. So much burnout. (laughs) So much burnout. And I think, you know, being a solopreneur, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are a solopreneur. So it's like being a single mom, right? Like you're wearing all the hats. I feel like my businesses are my babies. I don't have babies, but I birth a lot of businesses. I also birth a lot of business ideas, which creates a lot of mental burnout. It also sets me up for a little bit of mental failure, but I feel like now I'm able to fail forward, which I wasn't able to do in the beginning stages of becoming a visionary and an entrepreneur. I do write everything down. So one thing that I encourage people to do is to dump everything. As many ideas as you have, they're all valid and they're all wonderful. And I do believe that they all lead you back to one thing at one point in your life. So dump everything into what I call like a brain dump. I have a brain dump for every facet of idea that I come up with. That way it goes out of your body and your brain, not, and it's put onto paper, but it's manifested into the world and you've claimed it as your own and you've claimed it as an idea. And it's something that you can always go back to and reference. And my memory lately, the older I get, like it's just non-existent. So I have to write things down in like five different places. That's one way that I would say to sort of manage all of this emotional and physical burnout. Another thing is, set boundaries. I cannot express this enough. I read the most life-changing book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. I highly recommend it. It was the fastest read I've ever had. And I'm one of those people who is such a fast processor and such, I have a little bit of ADD and I tend to start books and not finish them sometimes because I have so many irons in the fire and I leave them by my bedside and I'm like, oh, I'll get back to you when I can. I like to read a couple of pages before I go to bed and it helps put me to sleep. But sometimes I just forget that it's there because I start on the next project. I am notorious for that. Not as much these days as I used to be, but This book I got through so fast. It gives you all of the valuable tools that you need on setting boundaries in every facet of your life. So not just in work, but in life, because what happens in your life will trickle into your work and vice versa. So you have to have the tools in your toolbox and the ability to say the heck yeses and the heck noes, which I know you're a huge fan of. If it's not a strong yes, it's an absolute no. Boundary setting is a crucial part of that. And had I not been able to set boundaries over these last few years where I've really been doing a lot of self-reflection and a lot of picking and choosing, 
as to what's important to me and where my time should go and what buckets I need to fill. Had I not had that tool in my toolbox of setting boundaries and telling people no, or really even just like deciding what's going to serve me as a business owner, and that might mean cutting some services out, I would have been in a much different place. I would not be where I am today had I not had that tool. So set boundaries for sure. I cannot express that enough. I love, I even think of, even like with friendships, because, you know, going to dinner here and like going to meet for coffee here, whereas it's like, let's do something we both, like if there, for example, you and I just talking about going to this event that we both want to go to, why don't we do something that is going to serve us and still get our time together? But even things around that, like you get yourself so spread so thin when you commit to all of these things. Whereas if you can think through like, okay, yes, I would love to spend time with you. Let's do it on a hike because that's also a time that I want to, something I've been wanting to do. I want to get outside and I like check off the box my exercise too, right? So it's kind of not just saying yes to everything, but making the yeses fit into what speaks to you and is within those boundaries that you've set already. A hundred percent. You are so spot on with that. You know, when people have an energy that other people want to be around, I think it attracts even people that I'm not even really friends with that just know me on Instagram. Like I've had people drop into my DMs and say, I love your energy. Do you want to grab a coffee? I'd love to hear more about your life. And it's like, on what planet do you think that I have time? Go listen to my podcast interviews. I love you and I love your support. But like, just because I have energy doesn't mean that I'm just giving it out like candy. I'm not tossing t-shirts into the audience, people. <laughs> like I have worked so hard to culminate this energy. You can't just have it. Like I just got it. Like mm -hmm. I literally just figured out that this energy of mine is a superpower. I am not just giving it away for free people, just like my services. And I've really realized that is not disrespectful. That's a boundary. Mm -hmm. I'm not being mean. I'm not being rude. I would be doing myself a disservice. I would be mistreating myself if I said yes to that random person. People have come at me time and time again. I can't even tell you how many times a couple of people have come to me via Instagram and said, I miss your energy on Instagram if I've taken a social media break. Where are you? Why aren't you posting? Like, what? I mean, I get that and I feel that and I, I appreciate that you love what I'm putting out there, but you do not dictate where my energy comes and goes. And I cannot give in to that. Don't give in. Don't give in to people's needs, wants, desires, expectations. You have to hold that so close. If you just sprinkle your energy everywhere with nothing, with no ROI or no actual desire to do so, it is a fast track to ending your career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, there's like, like I, I'm just thinking back through my life. I feel like there were seasons of that where it really benefited me to like be out there. But then you have to check in with yourself and be like, is this the season where this is benefit? benefit? And I think you and I are at a place where like we have so many commitments that that doesn't mm -hmm. really benefit us. But I think about when I first started in the entrepreneurial world. And like you mentioned, like traveling all over, meeting all these people, doing all these things, you would like really go all in. And that's okay to do that at that point too. So I feel like there's times when you can really, like that is worth your energy. That is worth your experience and your time. But then there's times where it that just doesn't serve you anymore. 
Yeah. And you're right. Like I'm 10 years into my styling company. So this, that's the stage that I'm in, but Mm -hmm. I do encourage people who are at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey to take risks and to get in the room with people and say yes to things where there might be a lot of people present that they could connect with and benefit from, but just be mindful of the type of energy that you are surrounding yourself with. Mm -hmm. Because even if you say a hundred yeses to all these coffee dates, if it's not people that are aligning with your vision, it's not going to lead you to down the right path. So just be mindful about the energy that you're surrounding yourself with. I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I we're coming to an end, but I have a couple quick fire questions. So I have four questions that I want to ask you and just see what your thoughts are. So the first one is if obviously everyone is inspired to go get a new wardrobe right now, like they're all like, I'm going to go get that new shirt that I wanted and wear it to that meeting. What three pieces would you say someone has to have in their closet? What are three things they have to have? I would definitely say a really fun, vibrant blazer. I think Mm -hmm. you can do anything and everything with a blazer right now. It's, you can do it with biker shorts. You can do it with jeans. You can do it over a dress. It's a great like outerwear piece and it's a great statement piece. So go get yourself like a super fun, vibrant, or just a classic blazer. If you, if fun and vibrant is not, if you don't want to make too much of a statement with something like that, definitely do that. Go get yourself a great vintage gold necklace. I wear a gold necklace every single day. If silver's your jam, that's cool too. And feel free to mix metals. I love playing around as you will see and you're seeing Jillian. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Um, Yes, get yourself a fun gold necklace and let it be something that is resale or vintage so it's unique to you and not everybody's walking around Mm, wearing it. And then I would say a great pair of sneakers. I feel like sneakers can be dressed up or dressed down. And I live in sneakers the older I get and the like, you know, more comfortable I want to be, I feel like I can still wear a dress or something a little bit girlier on top and bring it back to sneakers. And it always makes sense. Or you can just be in something comfortable like jeans and a tee. I love that. And now I have so many ideas of like little things I have in my closet. You've obviously hooked me up with some great options there, but I'm like, oh, I could wear sneakers with that dress this weekend. I hadn't thought of that. So love that. Now we're also all inspired to go declutter (laughs) and organize our closets. So is there any specific advice that you have if someone's like, okay, I'm going to jump into my closet. What are some things you would tell them to do to start organizing and decluttering? Yes. Make a list of your goals. Okay. So like when you're jumping into a space, whether it's micro or macro, a micro space might be like just your makeup drawer or your jewelry section. And then a macro space would be like your full closet, or maybe there's the guest room that is your closet. Make a list of what you want to achieve. Do you want to donate? Where are you going to donate to? Like make a plan, make a plan Mm -hmm. like you would for everything else and really just make it digestible. Don't try to bite it all off at once. If it is a macro space, schedule it like you would schedule a meeting or like you would schedule time with your husband, kids, wife, whatever. Schedule that into your day so it doesn't feel overwhelming because I oftentimes find that people want to take on a project like that. And then the first thing they say is, why did I do this? This is so overwhelming. So if it's not scheduled and planned, then it feels completely overwhelming and it might sit undone. And then I would say when you're going through the process, Don't be scared to let go of things. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people are holding on to things just because they think that it might fit them again, or it's just like 
something that they've had forever, so they don't want to let go. So really be willing to step into that process of letting go because part of decluttering is detaching yourself a little bit. And I'm not saying to get rid of things that have sentimental value. You can store those, bin them, put them in a place where you don't need to see them every day, but be liberal about getting rid of some things. I love that. And you know, actually I am on the opposite end where I like to just like get rid of everything. Like I just love to get rid of stuff, but even working with you, there are a couple of times where I was like, oh, like these pants, like these can probably go. And you're like, well, actually, if you styled it this way, you could wear it like this. So I think also being up on the other side of the spectrum of, okay, I really like these. Let me like do a little Google search on a couple outfits and see if there's like some way to wear these. I'm not going to say cargo shorts because those are out. But <laughs> I mean, you could probably make them in fashion again if you wanted. Like, let's put it with a bodysuit and a bunch of jewelry and see what happens. All good. <laughs> you like, could be <laughs> like Regina George. <laughs> yeah. But maybe there's like some sort of like outfit, like a jean skirt or something. So like Google some jean skirts and see kind of how people are styling these days and seeing if you can make something work that you really love. You just haven't actually put it into an outfit that speaks to you. That might be the other issue to think through too. I love that. I'm laughing because I just bought a pair of black satin cargo wide leg pants. Now I'm going to style them just for you. I love it. I can't wait to see. Yeah. And if you make a shopping list too, like when you are getting rid of things, make your shopping list of the things that you are keeping if they need a buddy. So if they're not styled with a buddy, Mm -hmm. make a shopping list of of buddies that they could go with. Yeah. And then take pictures of the outfits. That was so helpful when you and I did that because then anytime I needed to go to actually when I went to Thanksgiving, like I was like, what should I wear to our Thanksgiving family dinner? Like I could look, scroll through the list of pictures that we had of outfits paired together, which was so, so helpful when we did that. Okay, I wanted to ask you about favorite stores to shop at, but I'm going to even like simplify it further because I know there's probably a million because this is what I'm interested in, budget-friendly, right? Like what three stores would you say you like to shop at that are not going to break the bank? You know, I love vintage and resale. Mm -hmm. So I love shopping at a consignment store. You're going to get the most variety if you go to like The Real Real or Dora Mar is one of my favorites. They're based in New York, but they're online. So mm. I love a resale store. Those are not going to break the bank unless you're going for like really high end, like hard to get like designer type items. But if you are looking to buy designer on a budget, that's a great way to go. And then I also love ASOS.com. I'm sure everyone knows that site, ASOS.com. But don't sleep on ASOS when it comes to like getting ready for an event because they have like really fun sequin and flashy items and you can get tops for like under $40. You can buy all the trend pieces. They're really size inclusive and they have separates and they have athleisure, they have swim, they ha- they kind of cover every category. So ASOS is another great way to go. And then another one, let's see, locally, let's see, I would go to, there's so many that I shop at locally. Oh dear God. Okay. I would say <laughs> Heidi Boutique, May and Marie, Charmed Avenue, Muse Apparel, those places. I'm I just whipping, whipping them off for you. Okay. When we, like when we talk, when we share this on Instagram, let's do like a story, like even if it's just a list of your favorite places so that people yes. can go to them and we can tag them so that people can go to those different stores and see what they have to find. That'd be and great. you know, something else I've learned from you too is, like you can find super, like you said, those on-trend pieces that maybe you're not going to wear. It's just going to be like a season thing that you might not wear it forever, but then investing in some like really nice jeans or like getting, like you said, a nice blazer or a couple dresses where they're like timeless and they're going to last for a long time. So I feel like that's kind of how my wardrobe has panned out where I have like these cute, fun, quick, less expensive tops and things like that, that I can pair with my nicer jewelry, my nice jeans, my nice shoes, things like that. And that way you kind of switch things in and out and you're not spending 
spending a ton of money on like all designer name brand things. Totally. Like staple pieces, solid colors, lots of like neutrals. Those are going to stand the test of time where I like to punch in like excitement and color is via accessories, shoes, bags, that type of thing. I love it. Okay. Last question. Morning routine essentials. Cause I know that this, you have a special morning. You have Willie who you have to spend your time with the cutest little dog ever. I love his personality. Everyone knows him on Instagram. Again, someone as a business mogul, you have so many different hats you're wearing. What do you do in your morning to set your day up for success? Yes. So playtime with Welly is like a non-negotiable. Every single morning I throw the ball for him in the backyard. That is like a non-negotiable. It's our time together, especially because it's so hot. I have to do it early. Lately, I have been going to the gym twice a week and then running for an hour on my treadmill every other day. So I've been doing interchanging, going to a workout and getting out of the house in that way and running on the treadmill. I have to have some kind of movement now. I never used to, but now I do. So I work that in for sure. I also have this little notebook that I got on Amazon that is a just a to-do list and it's check boxes with lines and then a line where I can fill in the date. I mm. find a lot of pressure on planners when it's dated for me. I'm like, must fill it in on that day. <laughs> so I absolutely love this list because I get to fill everything in myself and it's where I dump everything that I know I need to do for the day. And that can sometimes happen at night, but I'll always be adding to it in the morning because I do believe that setting yourself up at night for the next day can prove for a stronger morning for you. And then another thing I do lately is I listen to like a Lewis Howes or Diary of a CEO or Glennon Doyle or like some kind of inspiring podcast while I'm throwing the ball for Welly. So killing two birds with one stone always and maximizing my time. Definitely do that. I also have a green drink in the morning that is like an ice water in a, in a shaker that has a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and a scoop of greens. And I have that before my coffee so I can set the tone for my digestion and just like what I'm taking in at the mm. beginning of the day. I love that because that speaks to just like you mentioned, like when you're leaving for the meeting and you're dressed and you feel like your energy is already at that level. I think the same way nutritionally, if you start your day with something that just makes you feel good, you're setting the tone for your day with your health and wellness too. A hundred percent. And if there's time, I will journal and do some fu like future gratitude listing and mm -hmm. some manifesting in my journal. I don't always do that in the morning. Sometimes I feel inspired to do that throughout the day or even in the evening. Like I have a morning routine and an evening routine. So I love that. Risa, you are just the best. I feel like people got so much out of this. I know I did everything from styling tips to business advice to morning routines, everything. Thank you so much for being here. So before we leave, just tell us where we can find you, where we can stalk you to see what you're wearing so we can copy it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Stock away, people. Okay. My new and improved Instagram handle, I although I, I did do a swap. So I had both Restyle Consulting and Risa Costas, but I swapped it now. So my main account is at Risa Costas. And I will reinstate Restyle Consulting very soon, but it mm -hmm. won't be as active. It'll just live on. And then, of course, at the Rescue Kit Co. And you can find me and book a session with me. I am doing virtual sessions now going forward, as well as virtual memberships for the year on RisaCostas.com. Amazing. I love you so much. Thank you for your time, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. And we can't wait to see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.